Welcome back, Crush A Lot Podcast. I'm your boy, Cheese. Today, uh, someone I'm excited about, someone who's been making me feel things, feel things in my body. And I, I like when, uh, when artists, especially production-wise, producers make me feel something in that I'm just shaking my head like, oh, that's nasty. What is this? Boy, oh, look, there's drums. It's okay to add drums. Um, and all the way from Boston, one of the best up-and-coming producers right now, Vinyl Villain is here. Vinyl Villain, how are you? Hey, I'm chilling, man. Happy to be on. I appreciate I'll, you reaching out. I wish I had a cool name like like Podcast Master, and that's how you call me. You have the there Vinyl Villain. Like, there you go. You just, you just made your, you just branded yourself Podcast Master right there. I, I, someone needs to send me a logo if I can merchandise that. Um, you have been now in the game. Not for a long time, but you've made a big impact pretty much out the gate, um, especially with your, you have a style that's reminiscent of 90s hip hop, but definitely with a more modern flair to it. There's definitely no confusion about where this influence is coming from, but it's still a refreshing sound. Uh, why production? Why get in this game? This is not an easy game to get, in, get into. What inspired you to want to get on these pads and make these beats uh well i've been i've been making beats for probably the better part of 10 years now um but i just like you said just recently really started getting out there as far as projects go um you know i would say i mean it really goes back to when i was when i was a kid i mean i'm 32 years old right now but when i was just growing up you know 14 15 i got an older brother and, um, you know, when we were riding around in the car, you know, he used to take take me everywhere. Cypress Hill was always playing. You know, he was he was on that, that hip-hop scene early on. So I'd say it really stems from that. I just fell in love with hip-hop at a very early age and um, just, you know, did what I could to get involved. Um, I went to school, you know, college for, for audio engineering. Um, and when I started to go to school for it, you know, I, I thought it was going to like, you know, teach me how to make beats and, and things like that. But it was more behind the scenes stuff, mixing, recording, you know, the technical aspect of it. But um, I think it was my first year in my first semester there. This kid that I met from Tennessee, he uh, he went to the same school, New England Institute of Art in Brookline. And uh, he had an MPC 2500. And uh, one night we rented out one of the studios went in he showed me just the basics you know how to load a sample in record a sample in chop it up add some drums and i think like the next week i went out and bought a 1000 mpc 1000 and it's just been go from there you know what i mean so i started with the mpc 1000 and uh graduated now i'm using a machine um and a sp 404 i recently acquired a 404 so it's just been it's been a long road, but it's uh, you know I feel like I'm I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Oh, for sure, uh, I get excited anytime I see the one. The logo is very eye-catching, yeah. and I think that's important. Don't underestimate the importance of a logo. You can look for Wu Tang for fact. that. Um, Rough Riders maybe is another one you could put up the double R's, and you could know what you're talking about. Um, but I definitely think you're out there making a name for yourself because I definitely like, whoa, what's, what's this? 
especially when you're doing work with Ito and New Crack uh, music came out. I'm like, okay, now but now you're getting the big dogs on these projects. So that's also like a sign of respect from those guys because those guys are very particular on who yeah. they want to work with because of how the you know this is like the renaissance of of the new age of hip hop. No matter what, new, gold, new golden era. The new golden era, as I think, has been coined, um, not by mm-hmm. me, uh, but it's definitely I feel it. Um, truth be told, people who listen to the show for a long time know that I always wanted to be the RZA. I always wanted to be the RZA. That was my dude. He stole the goat to me. Oh yeah, he's absolutely one of the top five. That's For me, I don't care. Doing. I don't care if you like that he's off kilt with his lyrics. I don't give a shit which version of Bobby Digital you want to make fun of. It, it was, it was just, it was that was the dude for me. And the production yeah. game was. He made me appreciate beats and samples and how you hear things and how you reinterpret it and how you flip it. And I find that. To be true with you as well is is you that so there's a lot of producers who take parts of songs and just loop it and but there's the creative part of it is finding the sounds and reinterpreting and doing something with it i like to be like i don't know where this sample came from i like to look for yeah. them and see how you manipulated it to make these sounds in your process of beats uh, beat making uh, what's your process how how do you even go through this uh, journey to create the sound that you've been producing? It all starts with sam- sampling off records. Um, I would say, well, that starts with digging, you know what I mean? So I, I hit record stores around Boston, um, all over New England, really. There's uh, there's a couple dope spots. I'm back and forth to New York all the time. Every Almost every time I go to New York, I make it a point to hit a record store and, you know, scoop something up. Because there's so many record stores in New York. Um, a lot of them in walking distance to... from each other. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And there's almost like every block you can find yeah. something. You know, I, I was I was walking down New York one time, and uh, there was a guy selling records on the street, literally on the street, not even a record store, just guys selling records on the street. So you can find inspiration anywhere. But as far as you know, the samples that I take, I, I mean, I take pride in trying to find stuff that people haven't sampled before um like you said there's a lot of people that will just you know find a loop they'll loop it up and you know maybe maybe if you're lucky they'll throw a drum break over it seems to be no style show you know what i mean he's not taking shots but i am you can send the hate (laughs) mail towards me add some drums oh no i mean if you follow me on twitter instagram any social media you'll see you know what i mean i'm very vocal in my opinion as far as you know what's going on with 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 producers now and you know the laziness that is um but but that's a whole nother topic but um but yeah no i mean i i I sample a lot of records i got a crazy collection i've always collected vinyl i mean that's that's where the name vinyl villain comes from um you know a lot of soundtrack stuff you know i'll I'll give that out you know i I do i I find a lot of soundtracks Um, soundtracks soundtracks have a, a little more daring. They w- artists are willing to try different things on soundtracks because then you know they're not. They, they'll get a one-time check for that and, and move on. So they they're out there really putting up some different type of sounds and soundtracks. Well, I find too with like the sa- sampling soundtracks helps evoking a certain emotion. You know what I mean? You're already getting that because it's a soundtrack. So you know whatever movie it's from. 
you know, you get a feeling when you watch a movie, you know what I mean? The, the music helps with all of that. So if I'm taking a sample from a soundtrack, like I already know it's going to evoke some emotion. For sure. So it just makes, I mean, I don't want to say it makes it easier, but it definitely helps. Well, that was, that's the intention of the soundtrack, right? But to invoke and, and, and make you feel something. And I think exactly. that's a smart approach. I think one of the tracks, it's not a popular track by, by Wu-Tang. They were gearing up for Eighth Diagram. It's the first album without Dirty. And, uh, you know, so I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. It's Wu-Tang. I'm all in. You don't got to tell me twice. And they yeah, started doing I remember, the, the... I was ready for that one. Oh, I was ready too. And I love A lot of people hate that album. I love that album. But, um... They started doing the street promotion, and street promotion sometimes could be a little different than the like the mainstream promotion. And they released a song on a mixtape called um, "You Better Watch Your Motherfucking Mouth," and it mm-hmm. was nasty, and it was everything I wanted in a Wu Tang. It's like another version of "Bring the Ruckus" or something like that. And the beat yeah. was some nothing crazy. It was just a slow beat, menacing, with some deep cellos and stuff like that. But it didn't end up on the album. Uh, disappointed, but I, you know, whatever. We at that point we knew how to get them if we wanted. Later yeah. on, like I'm talking about, maybe like as recent as a few months ago when the last uh, Mission Impossible movie came out, Fallout, I think it was. I'm like, man, I heard this. I heard this. This I heard this piece somewhere before, and I couldn't put it together. And then it just hit me like I guess I was on the bus or something, and it just hit me like. I think Wu-Tang used it. And then I went back to the track because that's where, where my mind went. And I'm like, this freaking guy, RZA, took a sample from Mission Impossible. And he looped it up. And I'm like, and that's I, that's what I love about the hip-hop game and producers like you. It's like, I don't know. I know I heard it somewhere, but I don't know where. And it was used so cleverly. Or just a like a portion that you don't even know. That wasn't meant to be menacing, but came off yeah. menacing because you flipped it that way is, is pitch it, it down, whatever you got to do. Yeah. I love it. And you have that style, uh, so much, um, saying that, how, how do you even approach MCs to be like, yeah, I think you sound great on this one. Or if do MCs come to you be like, yo, I need, I need four. Give me four. So give me four heaters. Send me 30. I'll pick four. Well, I mean, nowadays with social media, how it is, it's easy. You know what I mean? I tell people all the time, like, you just got, like, we have the tools now. Social media is out there. Like, you can reach out to artists that you, you know, that you like, that you fuck with, that you want to work with. Or, you know, you get you get people that reach out to you. I mean, I post, I post videos on my Instagram with movie clips behind them. You know what I mean? So... I get people that all the time will reach out like, yo, that shit is dope. How much? You know what I mean? They always ask. Everybody wants to, you know what I mean? They, they hit you up. They ask the price. You give them the price. And then you never hear from them again. <laughs> yeah. What I've done lately is I listen, I listen to music first and foremost. I'm just a fan of music before I'm a producer. So any new artist, I'm always listening for new artists. And any new artist that I hear that I like, I'm going to reach out to them and see if they want to work. Um, you know, it happened with Crime Apple. That's how I ended up linking up with him. Same deal with Ito. I know Ito has been in the game forever, for a minute. But I truly got put on to him from the Omerta project with yeah, V-Don. With V-Don. Once I show. heard that, 
once I heard that project, I was like, yo, who is this dude? I got to, you know what I mean? Reached out to him just to do a single at first. And then that ended up turning into the project that we dropped. And Riggs was also so, on that project a lot too. Riggs. Was, was on Omerta? No, no, no. On New Crack. Was he on New nah, Crack Riggs, a lot? Nah, nah. It's just on New Crack just, era. It's just, just, just me and Ito. Why do I have a, I have a false memory somewhere, guys? Of Ito, Riggs, and Vinyl Villain somewhere. No, and what am I, I thinking, know what of? You're thinking of? Okay, in I know one I of the video, of in one of Riggs' videos, Ito's wearing my hoodie. That's probably what it is. I associated it like there on that. But Riggs yeah, is dope. Yeah. I would love to hear Vinyl Villains and uh, and that whole cloth unit. I'm just waiting for them to be the next. Next, I got some joints with Mooch. I got some joints yeah, Mooch with Mooch up. coming. Um, I did a joint with with Tony Boy and Mav. Um, from the cloth, but yeah, me, me and Mooch are working on some shit. Um, I don't know if Riggs will jump on any of them, but, but yeah, that, that whole crew is dope. They're doing their thing. But that's another example. You know what I mean? Those are artists that, you know, I listen to reach out to them, you know, yo, you guys want to do some work and that's just how it goes. Um, how's, how's, go ahead. How is the, I'm gonna put my biases out here. People know him because I don't really hold my tongue too much. Okay, so, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. You're from Boston. We're not supposed <laughs> to get along. Um, and and when I have to go towards that area, I tend to drive around <laughs> um, and not go through. Um, but then I started, re- you know, then I started connecting with people from Boston. Um, and it's, it's not so bad. Uh, shout out to Money Miz, by the way. I love Money Miz. He's my boy from Boston. Oh yeah, Miz, Money Miz. He's that's that's a funny dude. Bong man. Bong man. He's been on the show. Go check out that he's episode. A he's, a, he's a big supporter. Hip hop enthusiast, for sure, right. and vinyl collector, and just a funny guy. Check him out on Money Miz on Instagram, and check out our episode that we, t- me and him, did together. Our top five. We actually did two. Our top five Raekwon, and the best episode I think we've I produced with him. Is our top five biggest Wu Tang disappointments? Uh, yeah, we uh, went in because everyone knows he's a Wu Tang hand, and so am I. So we just went in with tears in our eyes. Um, yeah. And but we went in and we cut, and it was one of the most hilarious, honest conversations. I think people should check that one out. And of course, we had um, SD and Al Davino. So that Boston scene goes to my question. The Boston scene seems to be like you can make a case that Boston owns it right now. Where's your? You could, you could, you could could make that argument. I can make that argument, and I'm okay with that. What What's going on in the Boston scene that is such a big push coming? I mean, Rochester's right there too. I mean, you got pounds, you got Ito, you got the cloth. So they're not even New York. Even New York, Buffalo with Griselda is is ridiculous. You got Fast Life. Like New York is killing it too. Like the whole Northeast. Boston, uh, Rochester, Buffalo, New York, like it's, I don't, you know what I mean? So, what, I don't know what, so what's going coast. on? We're all drinking the same water? West Coast shit, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm over here. So yeah, I'm a, I I tend not to listen to West Coast. I'm I'm super biased. I'm still in the West Coast East Coast rap war. It's alive in my head. But there's some good stuff coming. I'm like I love I fuck with Earl a lot. What's going on in the Boston hip hop scene right now that there's such a big movement? Like they're really making a lot of noise. It's not 
I don't remember a time when it was really like this. No, I mean, I, I'll be honest. It, there, there was a time when I first really started getting into into the Boston scene. Cats like Esoteric, Mr. Lift, Acrobatic, um, you know, Brick Records, that they, they and Detonator Records. They were killing it. They were dropping shit left and right. I, I have a ton of their, you know, what I mean, twelve inches, you know, right here in the, in, in the room, but. Right now, you know, it's just that resurgence. I mean, I, I can't really say, you know, I would say the cliche thing, you know, there's something in the water, maybe. I don't know. Might be. But it's just, there's a there's a camaraderie, I guess, you know what I mean, in Boston right now with a lot of, you know, a lot of the artists, producers that are really making noise. It's all love, you know what I mean? There's, you know, Boston has, has for a while, had like the crabs in a barrel mentality where you know what I mean only certain people make it because only certain people you know show them support or show them love but right now you know what I mean like I got nothing but love for all of them ST Knack, Al Davino, Code 9, Paranormal, Code Nine. the whole Tragic Allies crew yeah. you know what I mean there's you so have a, isn't Sadu Gold out there too? Sadu's out of Philly but he's a good. He's 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 right he's there a, too. You know what I mean? That's that's East Coast, man. He, you know what he I mean? makes me like, broke. Every all those guys facts. make me broke. All of you, all of you bastards, make me. And stop with the damn pre-order vinyls. I hate waiting months uh-huh. for my goddamn <laughs> vinyls. I'm waiting for my Danielson vinyl. It better be in before I go to the show. Yo, I hit. I actually hit that dude up. Hit up official crate music because I cop one too, and I'm waiting on that shit too. He said they're supposed to be shipping this week. Or, or, you know what he I mean? told me like, that three separate, three separate. I actually wouldn't care. <clears throat> Truth be told, I wouldn't care if I knew I wasn't going to that show. On- the thing is with that whole like the vinyl pre-orders and stuff, like. I get it, man. No, me too. You know what I, mean? like, I get it. I wish. I honestly wish that that more artists could do it themselves rather than rely on these labels. You know what I mean? Which sucks. And I'm probably going to lose money by Correct. saying that, but it's a damn shame that, that we have to rely on these labels from, you know, overseas to press up the shit. You know what I mean? Because, it is yeah, from overseas. That's it, a crazy. It, 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 it takes forever. I know there's, I think there's a plant maybe in Brooklyn, somewhere around. I'm going to raid that shit. Don't even tell me. I'm Brooklyn. I'll go take it. I'll read I'm saying, I think there's, I think there is a pressing plant somewhere around the New York area, but I don't know. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the cost. I, everything. I totally get it. I'm not, I'm not going to knock. It, it's a bigger systematic issue, right? It's, it's not being on a major label, not having the distribution, but really, the audience that they cater to are really the hardcore audience that buy vinyl. I mean, that's who we are. But there's not enough vinyl. And but I'll the be wait honest time with is you. Crazy. I'll be honest with you, man. Like it's almost like that shit is almost played out right now. Yeah. Because everybody, everybody, it's like this, the same with the cassette tapes. Everybody is now, doing yeah. cassette. Now everybody. everybody is digipacks. Doing vinyl. I don't know what the everybody's hell got is. this. Everybody's got that. That's what I'm saying. Like. Me and Ito originally, like, was like, yo, fuck it. I'm just keeping it on the CD. You know what I mean? Like, that's easy. They're easy. They're quick enough to get made. And boom, I ship them out. I shipped all those shits out myself. You know what I mean? And it was it was easy. I didn't have to do a pre-order. I ordered the CDs prior to the prior to me putting them up. And then once that once this shit went up, 
I had them all to ship out, and everybody got their shit in a reasonable time. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, I got lucky a few times. I don't mind pre-ordering, so I'm not knocking it. I definitely get it, and I always want to support the artists with their money, and I like having physicals. You never know. With, I like shit. I like to hold my shit in my hands. I'm old school. I'm old school guy. Everyone knows that. I like to open and read my shit. I got lucky recently. Shout out to Vic Spencer. The Vic Spencer story. Um, yeah, yeah. He reached out to me like, yo, did you get this uh, duffel, duffel of gems shit? And like, nah, man. When it comes to like dope, dope records, I don't. I just don't make it on time, and I'm not gonna sit there in the middle of work to make make orders. I'm just not <laughs> going to. So I just kind of just gave up trying to get Griselda shit because just. If I'm gonna buy it, I'm gonna. I'm, I already made the commitment. I'm gonna pay pay the secondhand price. So like it's like almost no way to get it. So I'm like, oh no, nah, nah, you gotta be. You, nah, have, you have a minute. No, nah, dude, yourself. I have I have like thirty. I have to get like thirty people to just get one record. So I'm like, I, I don't have that kind of time or commitment to do that. So then he was like, I got something for you. The next thing I know, like two days later, he gave me like the the, the his the the duffel of gems. Dope release, and I'm like, my dude, just give me your PayPal. I, I'll like, I'm very much a money dude. So shout out to Vic Spencer, but it's like the only one I have, and now I refuse to open it. Like I refuse to. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna frame it. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever get a dope record before, but that stays right there. Um, At least you're not one of those guys that like buys them and resells them for you know. Oh hell no! Like, twice, I don't have time for that. I barely have time to do the show. Barely have time to do the show. <laughs> like no no no. Um, saying that, let's 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 go. Th- let's play a little game. There's a, 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 let's go. I really want to talk about producers that maybe are not talked about as much. You have a producer's ear. Your influence is there. Of course, you you have an ear for MCs and lyrics and who can ride your beats the best. That's all important. But like fundamentally, your beats. You want to know. Let's throw some. Let's let's. Uh, I'll throw some names out there, and then let's break them down a little. Some honest truth, though. You've been pretty blunt here, so I'm, I don't expect anything more or less than that. Let's start with Eric Sherman. He's an interesting producer. What are your thoughts on Eric Sherman? I mean, definitely dropped some classics. Um, as of late, uh, you know what I mean. Nothing that I can, you know, nothing that I can think of. I, matter of fact, I think his rhythm roulette was probably, you know, the last thing that I saw that that, that dropped from him. And I, I got to be honest, like, I wasn't impressed. <laughs> right, Eric Sherman. It's either really good or really bad. That's yeah. that's kind of where it is, but he's always doing something against the grain anyway. So that's kind of what happens when you're against the grain. Uh, you brought up Cypher's Hill, so we have to bring up DJ Muggs. Your thoughts on the Muggs? I fuck with Muggs. Always have, always will. Um, I'm, I have really high expectations for this for this Hell's Roof project with Ito. Um, the the shit that he dropped with Mayhem. Always. The, you know those those projects Equinox. were crazy. I'm a big I'm a big fan of the uh, those versus projects that he was doing. Even back when he first started the the, the shit Grandmasters with Jizza. Yeah, that shit was crazy. Great. I remember for, I remember when I heard that. Remember that he released it twice: the original version and the remix version. True, true. And that's ballsy by itself. 
Though you can't I fuck find with them. the original better. I have a feeling see? that question was coming. <laughs> I, I fuck with the remix version better. I don't see that's <laughs> it's an interesting thing. I, I I find that um and he also of course the Soul Assassin, the first one was like a landmark Legendary. record. Legendary. Landmark. And people need to talk about that. Um Plus he's mad versatile. He does way more than hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he did old bass trap stuff and Yeah, he's out there. He, he, He's all over the he's place. Trippy. He he's trippy. He's trippy. Records for you too, I think, at some point. Like, yeah, I, there's a nice. In terms of consistency and longevity, and really surviving the 2000s, which was hard for a lot of people to do. We don't talk about Trackmasters. Mm. Who the fuck are they? <laughs> they were here for Track one who? season. Trackmasters. Those are one motherfuckers that they just looped like crazy. They had no shame. They got their money and they ran. Um, but people like Muggs are still here, um, strong in the game. What about who's coming to my head? What about someone like, all right, which Wu element besides the RZA is your, like, yeah, that tattooed right there? And if you don't know who the Wu elements is, I'm not going to break it down to you. That's a hardcore question right there. So if you don't know it, listeners, I'm sorry, look it up. <laughs> the Wu Elements It's the production team from the RZA Who was doing a lot of the Killer Army, um, Sons of Man Capadonna yeah. projects I would say Probably Fourth Disciple For sure That dude was Some of his joints man Like Even on the Wu-Tang projects themselves Like some of his joints in my opinion Outshine some of the RZA's joints I think he was on par with the RZA. That's what I'm... Oh, no, I'm saying I think some of his joints were better than RZA's joints on some of the Wu projects. Yeah, that's one guy I wish got more love and I want to hear more from. I know he dropped some EPs from some cats here and there, but I, I, you know, I think, like, what would an Ito and Fourth Disciple produced album sound like? Crazy. And me and Money Miz talked about this. We've never seen that kill a sin for disciple project you know nah, probably won't probably won't but you know whatever if they can record it from jail i'll take it um yeah, you know you know you know bring it back to the essence man that raw shit oh i will that's one of those albums that i i cry in in the inside when i because he was a beast you know who reminds me of that you work with him and sd work with him is relentless reminds me a lot of killer sin um, I actually mm. did not, wasn't aware of Relentless until I heard the SD Knack in his joint. And I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, I had to look at the, the notes a few times. I'm like, how, how did he get Killer Sin? And that's how I interpret it. And I shout it out to different people. Like, yeah. I'm like, if you didn't know any better, would you think that's Killer Sin? And they were like, yeah, I, I would think that's Killer Sin. So just because of that, now I want Relentless to do stuff with Fourth Disciple just so I could live my fantasy vicariously. Through that, there you go. <laughs> uh, saying that we need more female producers, so shout out those very small numbers. Um, we need you guys to do beats. Shout out Kalina who does does beats. Um, she'll put something out hopefully soon. Uh, saying that, let's go right into our main question, the one that I always lead and end with. Um, it's a it's a very serious question actually, and uh, hope we get a serious answer, um, Mister Mister Villain. Um, if you could pick any hip-hop beat from the pantheon of hip-hop from the beginning to now that best 
describes or showcases your lovemaking talents, your lovemaking style, which is the beat that best uh, describes that. And uh, I say that as you think uh, the audience knows I asked this. And we are going to put a playlist from all the answers out soon, probably around Valentine's <laughs> Day. So you'll hear songs that like Crime Apple and Rome Street and and Thank Fifth and all those people put on for Wicked you get, for Valentine's Day. You'll be in the in the mood from all these uh, tracks. What what track is your best lovemaking version of you? That's that's a loaded question. <laughs> it's loaded, uh, and we record this on a Wednesday, so that might change if you're a Thursday lover. Um. I don't know. Off top, I'd probably say Miss Fat Booty. <laughs> uh, most Deaf, not the remix version. Uh, not the Ghost nah, nah. version. OG, OG. The OG. Uh, that's a good choice. Uh, I think maybe I've heard that one from a different artist, but I don't, actually don't. I, I have to look it up. That's a good one. That beat is crazy, and that album is fantastic. If I have the budget, maybe one day I'll get Most Deaf, but. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Saying that, Crush A Lot Podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for checking it out. We do appreciate you just volunteering your time to listen to this uh, podcast. Um, subscribe everywhere. SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify. Yes, we're on Spotify. Yes, we got approved. Yes, they distributed and all that good stuff. Um, and anywhere at Stitcher Radio, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're pretty much everywhere. Check out the 10-minute reviews. Um, that's that's our new side project with Sir Love Days. It's just ten minutes giving you reviews of the artists that you actually hear here. We we review an honest review, even if we ruffle feathers, and that's probably already happened. Um, that's what it's all about, though. It's honest review. We want people to feathers. win. We're just letting you know our opinions. Really, we don't. It's just our opinions. Um, we line up our episodes to line up with the interviews and the reviews. So when this vinyl villain, if you're listening to it, the link is right in the description to one of the projects he's released recently. And we'll give you our honest review there. But whichever way, the best way to support, like, share, comment on the artist's page. Let them know what you think. Also check, listen, if you got Spotify, go check out. Go check it out. If you really, really like it, consider buying it. Not just streaming it. Um, and if you don't, if you're okay with buying digital, consider buying CDs, tapes, and vinyls. It's 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 trendy. It's a trendy thing to do. <laughs> new, new crack, new crack era might be getting that vinyl release. Yes, soon. that'd be great. If not, check out Vinyl Villain. I know he has some merch up. At least I saw it on on uh, saw the like a hoodie. Uh, so I, I know they're up somewhere. Everything sells out, man. Everything sells. So out. you got to be on top of it. Everything is gone they, right now, but it's coming back. I, I'm always getting new stuff. We were DJ uh, Chong Wizard was on the show. We talked about Vinyl Villain. Check that episode out. He talked about getting the hoodie, and I said, put that logo in some boxes, and they'll sell out quick. Um, so let's let's get some Vinyl Villain boxes. Crush a lot podcast. Vinyl Villain. We appreciate your time. Check it out the show, and come see me on the 21st. Under the Lancy with Danielson and Rome Street, I'll be there. Come check out me and Sir Love Day on Crate Diggers Expo in July with Method Man and Red Man. I hope to see you there, Vinyl uh, Villain, the big Vinyl Villain co- uh, convention, uh, the Vinyl Club, and people selling records. 
uh, right out the crates, and then we'll have a show for Method Man, Red Man on that day. So come check us out, and I think actually uh, Digging in the Crates are going to be there as well. So you can find us there. July, you have it. February 21st in the Delancey come. We're going to have free merch for everybody and all that good stuff. Uh, Vinyl Villain, we appreciate your time. Everybody else, peace. Peace.